I'm just going to get this out of the way. This is weird. And nobody sat in the front seat today. And I don't understand why. But uh, this is not, if you're a, a guest of ours this morning, this is not how our church typically looks. If you walked in and went, oh, I came to the Nickelodeon set today. Um, it is not how it typically looks. We do. We are starting kids' turn tonight at 6.30. I think uh, maybe at 5.30 there'll be uh, free food and things downstairs in the social hall. And so um, I just want to let you know up front, this is... This is as different for me as it is you. This is, I'm way out front here, and I don't have any personal space. So uh, well, we're going to press on, amen? Um, I've preached in worse situations than this, trust me. Um, so I started preaching in Africa the last time I went to two guys. And then they're a lot like Hedgesville Church. The rest of them showed up 10 minutes later. Um, <clears throat> But uh, we were already running late. There was two guys sitting there, and the guy looked at me and said, you need to go ahead and start. I thought, here we go. (laughs) Uh, Hey, a couple things I want to start out with. Uh, We, um, first of all, yesterday was Veterans Day, and, um, uh, or Friday, yesterday was, yeah, the 11th, Friday was, and uh, Mary Daniels and some of the seniors were out giving hugs and hot dogs away, and so that was a great thing. But we, uh, we just want to honor you today. If you're a veteran, could you stand up this morning? Uh, and maybe we could get a look, at, uh, see how many we have with us. I don't know if you could put up the lights any brighter. Um, but we just want to say thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, when you walk out this morning, when you walk out the back, uh, those guys have some gift cards for you. Um, and we just want to honor you. There's not that many here, so give them two gift cards apiece. How about that? Uh, so, yeah, uh, when they walk out today, make sure you, make sure you take advantage of that. Um, you have uh, sacrificed and, and done more than your share for our freedom, and we appreciate that this morning. Um, we also, uh, last Friday night, had our Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, just an opportunity for us as a leadership team to thank everybody volunteering at Hedgesville Church. It was a wonderful night. There's a couple of people that weren't there that I need to make sure you know that you were picked. Because what we do is every year the staff picks uh, some people to recognize uh, who have done a, we just think have gone over and above. And so Pastor Don uh, picked Mark Davis, who you just saw up here on stage, uh, making fun of my handwriting. Uh, but Mark uh, goes over and above him and his family, and they're involved here in just about everything. He's also uh, on our leadership team, our board, and uh, we just appreciate all that you do. And Pastor Don will give you a hug after the service. Uh, but he's got a gift for you. And then um, uh, Mike and Amy Clatterbuck, which I don't think are here in this service, but they were my pick. They were not able to be there. I think they were all at the same thing. They were at the at the uh, the playoff game that Hedgesville high school is in, maybe the first playoff game in what? Since 97. The first playoff game in 19 years. That was pretty important. It didn't go any better than 97, but, um, but we were there representing. So Michael and Amy are just involved and just uh, lovely hearted people, man. They, they are just an inspiration and And Michael, I think he posted on Facebook, he's lost about 300 pounds. So if you ever want to look at a transformation of the human body, Michael is a guy 
to check that out in. And he's uh, just, God is doing a great thing in their lives, and we're thankful for it. Today is another special day. It's Pastor Don's birthday today. Yeah. Somebody said he had his birthday suit on. And so... Um, uh, so we want to, if you see him on the way out this morning, make sure you greet him. It was Pastor Skip's birthday yesterday, and so, yeah. So I'm excited about being able to celebrate that with him. Um, and also, I just need you to know, this is difficult in many reasons. We were, the three guys, three people up here were not playing to a track. There was people behind the set playing live music, and they can't see each other. Uh, but I was very excited. Eric Lester was playing here this morning, and he's just got out of a broken arm, right? And so, um, you know, if he injures himself one more time, we're going to kick him off the team because it's just, <laughs> it's getting to be. Oh, I was really happy to see him back today. One other thing, and I know this sounds like a second round of announcements, but when, when people do amazing things in our church, there's, there's actually two things I want to talk about. Uh, Jessica Close, Brad's wife right here, is in Haiti at the moment, correct? And doing missions work in Haiti. So we're, we just keep praying for her. We've been praying for her. And uh, pray for Brad and the family while they're here by themselves. <laughs> so, uh, but that's amazing. And you're going to hear us talk to uh, John right back there this morning about missions work. And I believe it's something God has called us to, that this gospel goes as far and wide as we can possibly send it in his strength. So I'm excited that people from the church are branching out and doing things that I feel like God has called them to do. So we appreciate that. Also, you know, the Bible says whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart as, a, as if you're working for the Lord, right? Some of you should try that tomorrow morning. But uh, somebody that's been a huge supporter of Hedgesville Church since before I started coming here uh, almost 20 years ago now, Tim Williams, he was a custom builder, uh, home builder, and he, his uh, career has morphed into something that he absolutely loves doing. He builds custom flintlock rifles. And I know some of you are thinking custom flintlock rifles, like I go to Walmart and buy the kit and then I come home and, and you know, paint it or whatever. No, 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 no. Uh, this is called Muzzle Loader. It's the um, publication for traditional black powder shooters. Uh, and I believe this magazine goes all over the world. And so, uh, is Tim, is Tim here? This first service? Okay. So he won't be embarrassed by this yet. I was just, I was so excited. Tim had started telling me about this opportunity. Tim builds these custom made flintlock guns from scratch. Let me find this. Promise it's in here. So Tim has a 10-page layout in this magazine, Tim Williams, Rifles That Put Meat on the Pole. He's from Hedgesville Church, yeah. And so uh, he, he brought me one last week. I said, man, when you get a magazine, make sure I get one. And it's just a 10-page spread, and, and you, can read, um, uh, you can read in here. He gives, he gives credit about how God directed his life uh, in to be able to do this thing that he loves, and um, you should get a gun from him. Uh, they are absolutely amazing handcrafted rifles. I mean, amazing. And so, uh, so we're excited for Tim's success. He is getting phone calls now, he said. Um, and I think he's about booked up about two years out. And um, so, uh, and, and he just recently, 
Tim has been on the leadership board of this church for years, and we have teased him for years relentlessly about going on these trips and not bringing any meat home. Uh, so he, he accomplished uh, his goal, and he shot a moose with his flintlock uh, like a week before this article came out. So uh, his picture of his bull moose is in there, and it's just the, uh, the climax of this journey, uh, being able to do that. So we're just proud of Tim and all the hard work he's put into it. How many know it takes a long time to be really, really good at something? Uh, you don't get there overnight. It may look like it. I heard a guy say one time, it took me 25 years to be an overnight success. So uh, he has worked really hard and is deserving of that recognition. So uh, if you see him out and about this week, make sure that you congratulate him on that. Uh, I'm excited for him. Um, I want to talk to you today about because I'm thankful again. And we're going to look at this a little differently, and this may be a bit of a lighthearted situation. I think the best way to talk about relationships is with funniness, because if it gets too serious, we all get really depressed. Um, Beth and I uh, accomplished 20 years of marriage last August, and uh, I tell people that, um, that it, is, it was really, really easy um, for her. No, it was easy for both of us. Uh, probably up until a couple years ago, uh, we had purchased a business, and uh, that was different stress than we had ever had in our lives, but our marriage was really, really easy uh, up to that point, and then we had to adjust. How many of you know you have to adjust sometimes in marriage? And in any relationship, I mean, if, if you're not married, you start hanging around the same person all the time, and you have to make some adjustments, Right? Come on, you remember, like, like, oh, they they want to hang out again today. I'm so sick of seeing them, my best friend. But I want to read this Philippians chapter four, starting in verse four. It says, "Rejoice in the Lord always," and I will say it again: Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Also, you can go to your Bible app and and hit the more button on the bottom and hit events and all these notes will come up and uh, scripture reference, all that stuff. So make sure you're taking advantage of that. Now, this may not seem on the surface to be talking about relationships, but I believe anxiousness can be prevalent in relationships. Amen. You see what you focus on. Do you understand when I, when I say that? You see what you focus on. So it's, it's neat to ride down the road, and uh, we just did this yesterday. We took uh, our family up to Morgantown to check out WVU again in this seemingly never-ending college tour. Uh, <laughs> but we had a good time. And so we were driving back, uh, 68, and I said, man, those colors are beautiful over there. Now, you have to remember, I'm colorblind. And so when I say those colors are beautiful, they might not be so beautiful. It's just what I see. So I looked out and over across the way the sun was shining on the mountain at about 3.30. And I said, man, those colors are beautiful over there. And I thought they were totally obvious to see. And my wife goes, what are you talking about? And, and I said, those colors over there. And then by the, time we, by the time she turned her head, we were kind of past it a little bit. So I was focusing on something that she wasn't focusing on. Anybody ever had that in a relationship? Uh, we just got a car, uh, a different car, 
a couple months ago, three or four months ago. And if you ever bought a car and you'd never paid attention to that, to that car before, but you went to the dealership or whatever, you bought this car, then you got in the car and you're driving down the road and you're like, oh my goodness, I bought a car that everybody has. And you start seeing them everywhere, right? You're like, my, my next door neighbor has this car. I didn't even know. And, and you start seeing the car. You're passing. You're like, there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. These, they're everywhere. I don't even have a special car anymore. You thought you were, bought, you were buying the special one, didn't you? The, 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 uh, the salesman told you, oh, there's, these, are, these are limited edition. Nobody has these. You drove off and started to see them everywhere. That's because you started to focus on those things. Now, Paul is writing here. He says, listen, don't be anxious about anything. And I don't know about you, but that's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? Especially in our relationships, not to be anxious about things. And um, so what you focus on in your relationships can breed anxiety. Did you hear me? Okay, now watch. This is up here. Stop focusing on this. Amen? What you focus on can breed anxiety in your relationships. And here's how this works. Uh, I remember before Beth and I got married, I might have said this up here before, but I remember before we got married, listen, I got married at 20 and had no idea. Anybody else got married young? Uh, I, just, I mean, we were young. Uh, and, and so I remember a guy that had been married five or six years longer than me, um, looked at me, I was getting ready to get married and I don't think his was going so well. And he said, listen, buddy, the way she brushes her teeth is going to get on your nerves sooner or later. <laughs> and I just went, ah, oh, man, you married the wrong woman. I don't even know what you're talking about. That's the best advice I've gotten all day. Um, so, so here, but here's the reality. Here's the reality. When we were dating, I never saw her brush her teeth. There was nothing to focus on. I never saw any of that stuff. We, we, I, we weren't close enough all the time to really see day after day after day all those things. And let, I'm no angel. I'm going to tell you that right now. And so I know my wife has been so gracious over the last 20 years. She rarely ever brings any of this stuff up. But I know she never, never dreamed of me snoring at night. How many ladies got married and were like, man, this man, there's no way he can snore. And then 10 years later, you're like, I haven't slept in eight years. Right? You can put your hand down. But here's the problem. When those things start to happen, what do we do? Focus on it, right? Focus on it. Focus on it. So that, that beautiful woman that I married, uh, uh, this is a really bad illustration, um, and I need to change this, but the, the wonderful man that my wife married, who was spontaneous and all these things when we were dating, all of a sudden, I'm snoring at night, and I'm waking up choking on myself, and, and, I'm, and, and it's been so long since she's got a good night, all this stuff, and, and, and the focus begins to be on what? That thing that is creating anxiety. 
And this happens in all kinds of relationships. If you're best friends with somebody and you're hanging out and you're hanging out, you, you know what, like after about the 10th day, you're like, man, I don't know if I could do this anymore. And, and you're just, I need some space. Why? Because there's certain things that you begin to focus on that are starting to build anxiety in your relationship. Amen? And we see this over and over and over. And Paul's telling the church, don't be anxious about anything. Don't let this, don't let anxiety go, be in your heart because what it does is it actually produces more and more and more anxiety. So what happens is I'm anxious about this thing, so I'm focused on it, so now I'm going to focus on it even more. And it comes to a point in our relationships where we're like, we're like, I can't, like that gets on my nerves so bad, I don't know why you're doing it, and then that's all you see. That's all you see. You wake up every morning thinking, man, if they just stop that, our marriage would be better. If man, I'd hang out with that person more if they just stopped that. Or they, don't, they, don't, they don't get me, and that's why they keep doing it. And then it just becomes laser-focused on, on those couple things in your marriage, in your relationships. And what it does is it just breeds more and more and more anxiety. Fears put us... To, and more focused, don't they? Have you ever seen anybody afraid of spiders? I'm sorry. I'm going to walk out on a limb on this. That's crazy. I've never seen anybody like attacked by a thousand spiders and just rolling out on the ground. But if you're afraid of spiders, you see spiders that, that nobody else sees, don't you? You're like, there's a spider up there. And everybody's like, there, it, trust me, there's not. You're like, no, 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 I saw, I saw it. I, I once, when I was a youth pastor, had these... Uh, a couple teenagers that uh, was, were reading books about demons. I don't know why. And, and they started focusing on demons for some reason. They'd come to me and say, Pastor Chris, we saw a demon last night. I'm like, no, you didn't. Stop it. You didn't. And they're like, no, we're reading this book. They're real. And we saw a demon. I'm like, stop it. If that's all you're focusing on, you're going to turn everything into a demon. Did you hear that? If that's all you're focusing on, you'll turn everything into a demon. And so we do this in our relationships. Our focus goes away from the things that originally brought us together. The focus goes away from the things that originally made us friends. The focus goes away. Like, hey, we have all these things in common. I like hanging out with you. We, we, we love the same things. This is awesome. And then what it happens is the focus changes to something that causes anxiety in us, and it causes us to separate at that point. Because the thing that I'm looking at is the thing that's causing me problems over and over and over again. And can I say this? Those irritants were there when you started the relationship. Except for the snoring. I, I, like, I'll take full responsibility for that. 40 pounds after we get married, we'll do some snoring. That will help the snoring out. I'll take responsibility. But my wife didn't change the way she brushes her teeth all of a sudden. That is not an irritant to me, by the way. I didn't change the way I do it. But what happens is we change our focus. So things that were there early, we tended to look over. Amen? So we look over them, and then five years later, into the relationship, we're looking at each other going, man, I can't stand that anymore. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've been doing this the whole time. The trouble is, what started bringing anxiety, we started to focus on. Now watch what Paul does here. He wants us to take it off autofocus, right? Anybody know what, know what autofocus is on a camera? You set it, and then when you turn the camera, it automatically focuses for you. 
It just does. It focuses for you. You don't have to work at it. You don't have to try. You don't have to turn the dial or anything. You just set on autofocus, turn the camera, boom. It focuses for you. And that's what we have set ourselves on in our relationships a lot of times. We turn and look at the person and we automatically see that thing that we've always seen. And so Paul's saying, take it off of autofocus. If you've established a habit of overlooking the good to see the bad, then take it off autofocus. And when it's easy after a few years to only see the bad, isn't it? Like if they would just get this right, I could hang out with them more. If they would, if they would just ch- change the way they do this, I would, I'd love them more. If they would, I would say I'm thankful for them if they would do this, this, and this. Right? So Paul's asked us to change it off autofocus. He says a little bit after this in verse 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is exceptional or praiseworthy, think about these things. So he's saying take it off of the anxiety autofocus. Take it off of those focusing on those things that always cause you grief and pain and you can't stand anymore. He said take your focus off of those things in your relationships and start focusing on the good things. Hey, this guy stores at night, but he gets up every morning and goes to work. Come on, ladies. I was hoping for amen after that, too. (laughs) Or I hesitate to go to the women and make anything like that, any correlations. (laughs) Smart man. But what we do is we overlook the good because we're only focused on the bad. And can I tell you, that's a recipe for disaster. Has anybody read the five love language book? Yeah, a lot of you have. It's a really simplistic book. I'm not saying it's going to fix your marriage. Because if there was a $17 solution to fix your marriage, we'd all read it already. (laughs) Your marriage might be a little more complicated than that. But it's got a good premise. That we are wired differently, typically, as, as married couples, even in relationships, even with your kids. You're wired differently how you receive and give love. And so what happens is I, I receive and give love a certain way. And, and I know what those are. Now, I heard a friend of mine say one time, I knew what my wife's love language was for the last 20 years. And then she changed it on me and didn't tell me. <laughs> um, but I, I know what mine are. And so what will happen in a relationship is if we're focused and I know what my wife's are. Right? I think. Um, pretty confident. And so what happens is if I focus only on the negative, then I'll totally overlook the way she receives and gives love. I'll totally overlook it because I'll just think, well, like, I don't want to do that now because, because of this negative thing over here that I'm focused on. This is, this is making me anxious about our relationship. And so now I don't have any energy to show her love. And I just pick and pick. Why do you do that? What's, I mean, I don't understand. So Paul says, stop thinking about those things and start thinking about the good things. Change your autofocus. Don't think the same way. So, so this is, I'm not saying this is easy. This is difficult. So when I want to focus on something negative, I start thinking, this is the way my, my wife or my friend or my kids understand love. And so instead of focusing on the negative, I'm going to express love to them this way. And that is not easy a lot of times. But Paul's saying, shift your focus. He's saying, focus on these things, whatever is good. Whatever is good. 
And if you need help coming up with something good about your spouse, come see me. I'll make something up. Anybody ever read the Song of Solomon? I'll read the PG version. I started thinking about this, and and, um, I like words of affirmation. I like it when I come home and my wife says, you're the best husband ever. I know she's lying to me, (laughs) but I just like to hear it. Do you know what I'm saying? You're the best husband ever. I'm, I'm thinking there's been a lot of husbands before me, but I like to hear it. And, and it builds my self-esteem. It does, oh, this, man, I had such a great time with you today, and you're such a great dad, and you're such a, you know, this and that. And I'm thinking, man, you know what? My wife is easier to love when she's telling me those things. And I stop focusing on other things when she starts, uh, men, how many of you, my wife starts giving me good compliments, and I'm just like, ha do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> do whatever you want. I don't, I don't even know what you're doing. Just keep doing it. So I started reading the Song of Solomon, and I, and, and I started thinking, you know what? At some point in time in our marriage relationship, if you're married here, and I, and I want to, if you're not married, you're planning on being married, you need to listen to this because you save yourself a lot of grief. At some point in time, we stop talking to, other, to each other this way. And I believe it's because we let ourselves be on autofocus. Remember, Paul said, change your focus. He said, don't be anxious. And then he says, then he says, bring everything to God with thanksgiving. And we're going to get to that first in a second. But then at the end, after that, he says, listen, don't be anxious. Bring your requests to God, but then focus on this. So change your focus. So, so listen to this. This is right at the beginning. The woman saying, she says, let him kiss me with kisses of his mouth for your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the young women love you. Now, I, I've never heard that before. But you imagine how this guy felt? You, can you imagine how he felt? At the end of her saying this, no matter, I, there's no wonder the young women love you. Take me away with you. Let us hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers. We say that stuff to each other at the beginning, don't we? And then the focus shifts. Because we, we quit seeing what's good about the person. We start seeing just the little things, the little irritants, the, the pebble in the shoe that we, that we just keep walking on. And it's not a big deal at the beginning, but then we just start focusing on it. It just starts hurting and hurting and hurting and hurting. Proverbs also says this, better to live on the corner of a roof than to share a house with a nagging wife. Proverbs 21.9. He says, it's better that you crawl out on your roof on a sleeping bag and stay there and set your TV and recliner up on the corner of your roof than to go down inside with somebody who only sees the negative. And men, that can be switched around just as easily. He said, it's difficult to live with people who will only see the negative in you. It's so difficult, you should just get up and go live on the roof. My roof's a little bit steep, but I'm trying to navigate how that works. But, but in the church, shouldn't we be, listen, we always talk about building each other up. So shouldn't we first start with our spouses? You're like, oh, you don't understand. I don't know enough about you to focus on the negative things. Did you hear what I said? 
It's easier to come into the church and build someone else up that you don't know anything about because there's nothing to focus on. But I guarantee you, you hang around me for a month and you'll figure something out negative. What'd you say, maybe a week? (laughs) So, So the deal is, Paul says, Listen, you're focusing on things that bring anxiety in your life. You shouldn't be anxious. But because of what you're focused on, you're increasing it over and over and over again. And then he says, listen, if you've got a request, if you need God to do something, come to him. So if you've got a spouse or relationship, God, I need need you to fix something here. For real. I need you to fix something. I need you to fix this snoring. In Jesus' name. Now, he does something here that we've talked about before in this church, but never in this context. He says, bring your requests to God. How do we bring them to God? With thanksgiving. So now I'm not bringing my requests to God for my spouse as an ultimatum. I'm bringing my requests to God for my spouse because I love them and I'm thankful for them. And I'm saying, God, you gave me this woman who is amazing, whose perfume sets me on edge, who, 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 who I'm, I, all, no wonder all the young guys want to be with you. I mean, you could turn that around, right? No wonder all the young guys honk at you when you drive by. Come on, guys, you should say that to your wife. And if you got to, pay the young guy 20 bucks to drive by and honk the horn. <laughs> well, you need to work at this a little bit. Make her feel special. Don't make her feel like she's second place to the NFL game every Sunday. Don't focus on just that the dinner wasn't up to the expectation. Don't focus on that the, that the clothes aren't done or, or don't focus on all this. Focus on, man, you would do all this and, and I'm, I'm proud of you. And, and listen, we, we went through a, a difficult situation transitioning into this new phase of life for us. And, and I, I just determined in my heart that I was going to tell my wife I was proud of her all the time. When she wasn't proud of herself, when she thought she wasn't measuring up, I'm like, I'm proud of you. You're doing something nobody else is doing. I didn't even know if that was true. <laughs> but my deal was, is that in my eyes, she was doing something I had never seen anyone else do. She was transitioning totally different jobs, like that really didn't have a lot to do with each other, but she was in this, in, in this um, field over here and then totally switched to this and, and, was, and was doing an amazing job at it. And I thought, I thought I'm not going to focus on the irritating things. I'm going to focus on what she is doing amazing. And when I, when I force myself to change my focus, it started to work. Is there things I need to work on? Absolutely. Are there things my spouse needs to work on? Absolutely. Am I going to point them out every day? You have to be crazy to do that. (laughs) So I'm reading this Song of Solomon. I'm like, man, I remember talking like that when we were dating. Come on, somebody. Some of you remember back then. You know what's, you know what really works for us? I don't, I w- listen, I'm not giving a lot of marriage advice here. I'm just saying what works for us. Because some of you are like, well, if, well, if we separated for a week, we probably wouldn't get back together. Um, I'll, I, I've been blessed to be able to go travel different parts of the world. And, and we'll, um, so we'll be away for two weeks from each other. I remember the first time I left 
and, and went to Zimbabwe. I was gone for three and a half weeks. Somebody says that's too long to be gone. Um, three and a half weeks. But you know what? We cherished each other when we, when I came back. And, 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 and this past time I was gone two weeks, almost two weeks. And what I started to realize while I was gone is that I love my wife for different reasons than I even imagined I did. 20 years later, I'm sitting there, I'm listening to a guy preach about relationships and marriage, and I'm thinking, we're the ones delivering the seminar. And I'm listening to my friend preach about relationships and how to communicate and all that stuff, and I'm sitting there the whole time taking notes, and I'm going, man, I love my wife, and these are some reasons why I love my wife. And when I get back, I need to make sure she knows that. And, and if I've got cell phone uh, service, I need to make sure she knows. I was shifting my focus. Shift your focus. Take it off of autofocus. It's just the negative things you, we've trained ourselves to see every day, every day. Man, she can't be on time for nothing. Or man, he, you know, he doesn't care about any of the details. Or he hasn't finished that garage. It's been five years. Any elbows? Or I wish she'd keep the house cleaner. Come on, you know what it's like? I wish they wouldn't call me all the time when they were upset. Why are they, why are they bugging me all the time? And we, we focus like a laser on those negative things, and we forget that they are a gift of God to us. Amen? So Paul says, shift your focus. And the Song of Solomon is all about pointing that out. Like, man, look how beautiful he is. Look how beautiful she is. I cherish you. Man, I am lucky to have you. No wonder, no wonder I had to fight through a crowd to get you. No wonder. Well, you know what? Those things work 20 years later. Those things still work seven years later. Those things still work if you've been gouging each other's eyes out before you got to church. Trust me, listen, guys. Even if your wife is sitting beside you right here and hearing me say this, if you walk out the door and say it, she'll take it. Yeah. So Paul says, shift your focus. Now watch this. Watch this. Thankfulness can come before change does. Did you hear me? Thankfulness can come before change does. And so here's what we trap ourselves in. We trap ourselves by this. Lord, I'll be thankful if he stops snoring. Because that's what I'm going to be thankful about. Because that's my big problem. Lord, I'll be thankful if she starts to get this right. I'll be thankful for it. I'll be so excited that, that she gets this right. I'll be, I'll be really thankful to you. And what, what Paul says is bring your request to God with an attitude of thank, thanksgiving. So what happens is you're bringing a request that hasn't been answered yet. But you're bringing it in a heart of thanksgiving. So it's hard for me to pray that, that God kill my spouse and be thankful at the same time, right? It's hard for me to pray, God, I can't take it anymore. They're, they're, and by the way, I'm thankful. For what? So watch this. I started doing this uh, on my last trip. Lord, this is what I'm asking you to do. This is what I'm asking you to do in our marriage. And God, here's what I'm already thankful for. And you know what happens when you do that? Here's what happens. Lord, this is what I'd like you to do. 
And Lord, this is what I'm thankful for. This is what I'd like you to do. This is what I'm thankful for. This is what I'd like you to do. This is what I'm thankful for. And pretty soon what happens is if you consistently pray that, this list gets shorter and this list gets bigger. Because I'm what? I'm changing my focus. I'm not, I'm, I stopped only focusing on the negative. Lord, you've got to do something about this. This, they're crazy. I didn't marry a crazy person. Uh, this is, this is insane. I don't know. I can't. Lord, I have this difficulty, but let me tell you, let me tell you 10 things that I appreciate. Lord, let me tell you, let me tell you five things that I'm so thankful for about that. Now, I'm not naive. The first time you do that, you might come up with two or one or a half. But doesn't Paul say, bring your requests to God with thanksgiving? This includes our relationships. I can't ask God to improve. Here's the thing. Lord, I am definitely not thankful for this person, but in spite of me not being thankful for him, I'd like you to fix him. And what I find is I'm more, I'm more prone to work on things that I'm appreciative of. Amen? And so Paul knows this about us, and he says, listen, bring your requests to God, but be thankful in the same time. And so thankfulness comes before the change comes. So the thing that you've been focusing on, the thing that you've been wanting to change for so long, the thing that's been an irritant, the rock in your shoe, the thing that that's all you wake up every morning thinking, man, I can't believe they're going to do the same thing today. And the over and over and over. The idea is, is that I need to be thankful before that, di- before that changes. So how do you do that? You're telling me that you can't sit down and write out one thing. Just one. Start with one. Lord, I'm thankful for this. Now let me add another step to that. It's one thing for you to write it down between you and God. It's another thing to verbalize it, isn't it? I'm telling you the windows will blow out of some of your houses. If you woke up in the morning, presented your requests to God, and then, and then wrote down something you were thankful for for your spouse, and then you rolled over and looked at your spouse and went, hey, you know what? I know it's been a little rough. I just prayed this morning, and I'm thankful to God for this about you. Now, don't do it like this. Don't say it like this. Don't say, don't roll over and say, listen, I've been praying this morning. I presented my request to God that he'd fix all these crazy things I hate about you. And I came with one good thing that I was thankful for. I'm just here to let you know that it's not all negative. (laughs) Don't do that. But just roll over and, and say, hey, look, I'm thankful to God for whatever. It'll revolutionize your relationships. If you've got a friend that you've been back and forth, back and forth, you're praying, God, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can hang out with this person anymore. I don't know. It's just so stressful. And Lord, if you'd fix these things about him, if you, if you, if you'd really work on these things about him, it would probably make it easier. What if you called that friend up and said, Hey, listen, I've been praying. I've been praying uh, for you. And I just want to let you know that I'm really thankful for this. Thankfulness revolutionizes relationships, doesn't it? Because when we only focus on the negative, that's all we focus, I mean, that's all that comes out. More anxiety, more anxiety, more anxiety. And so thankfulness can come before anything changes. 
Here's one of the reasons we don't do this. Because we believe if we express gratitude, it'll give them a reason not to change. Right? So don't we do that? It's like the husband snores, but he works hard all day and takes out the trash. You're like, I'm not going to thank him for taking out the trash until he stops snoring. Because if I say, listen, honey, I love you. I'm so thankful for taking out the trash. He's going to think that vindicates him snoring. Come on, we do that. We're so afraid to give appreciation because we think one appreciation in this area will vindicate something else in this area. And we, and we say, well, I, I'm, I'm not going to say thank you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to appreciate that because there's something else I want them to fix. Remember this, people. It's better to live on the corner of a roof than live with a nagging person. I had a, my friend Tom, Arati said, if you're going to shoot an arrow into somebody, you better dip it in honey first. If you want them to receive the correction, you better dip it in honey first. And in our relationships, we've ran out of honey oftentimes, haven't we? And we're just slinging arrows at each other. I missed the heart this time, but I'm getting closer. Just, we're just ripping them off. We started eight, we started six o'clock in the morning when we wake up. What'd you shut the bathroom door? Right? And there's no thought of being thankful. And we wonder why it's so stressful all the time. Because anxiety produces anxiety. You're in a, you're in just this downward cyclical spiral over and over and over again. Break the autofocus with Thanksgiving. Break it with thanksgiving. Wake up one morning, put the arrow back where it goes, and say, I'm not going to shoot an arrow at you today. I'm going to tell you something I'm thankful about. And that can happen before they change. Gracious words are a honeycomb, Proverbs says. Sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You want to fix some things? Be thankful. Say something gracious to somebody. Don't just wake up in the morning, start out with demands. Say something gracious. Hey, you know what? I want to heal my relationship. So maybe I might not start out with you're crazy. Maybe I might not start out with this has been the most difficult five years ever with you. Maybe I might start out with I've been thanking God for this about you. And I'm committed. And I want to see this thing work. And I want it to be better. I want it to be the best. And so I'm going to be thankful for you every day. I'm starting today. And you may stutter the first time you say it. Thankfulness can come before anything changes. Paul says you can pray for change and be thankful at the same time. Before your circumstance changes, watch this. So Paul says, don't be anxious. Don't focus on these things. Don't be anxious. But in every situation, bring your requests to God and be thankful for it. And then he says this, watch. Then he says, what you'll receive, what did he say? You'll receive the peace of God. You see how that formula works? Stop being anxious. How do I stop being anxious in my relationship? Stop focusing on those things over and over and over and over. Stop focusing on it. Change your focus. And he says, when you change your focus, think on these things. Bring your requests to God with thanksgiving, and then what will enter into your life? Peace. Come on, how many want peace this morning? 
I don't think you're very convinced of that. How many of you want peace in your relationships? He said he will bring peace in your relationship. You're like, man, this has been a civil war that's went on for 30 years. I will, I don't even know what I'd do with peace. Trust me, it's a lot better than what you've been experiencing. He says the peace of God will come into you and guard what? Your heart and your mind. So what helps you to auto get off of autofocus is when you the peace of God comes in, he helps you to stay away from the anxiety. And then when that next thing, when the snoring starts again, you're, you're going to say, Lord, I've given that to you. And I've got peace about it. And my husband is one of the best people I've ever met. And he's supportive, all these things. I'm imagining what my wife might say about me. And, and he's supportive, and he's a hard worker, and he cares about us. And he, and he goes over and above. I'm going to say amen over there, or I'll have to keep going. Um, and, and, all, and all these, he's so good, he's so good, he's so good. And, uh, and, and, and Lord, I've got peace about it now. I've got peace about it. And I could tell you there's so many times in, in our relationship that we begin to focus on that little thing. And before you know it, that little thing is driving us crazy. Just drives you crazy. It's all you can see. It's all you can hear. It's all you can deal with. It's just like, I, I don't know why. And then before you know it, God says, you're like, you need to change what you're looking at, man. Do you know what a gift you have? And so then I begin to thank God. I begin to change my focus. Lord, I thank you for her. She's, she's amazing. She's hardworking. She's beautiful. I'm so blessed. All the young men like her. <laughs> this is amazing. And, and next thing you know, there's a peace of God that comes into my heart about that other situation. And listen to this. Here's the secret. Here's the secret. There have been things in our marriage that have never changed that now I'm okay with. Did you hear me? There's things in our marriage that have never changed. And I know some of it's me. Not much, but some of it's me. (laughs) That we're just okay with it now. We're just okay with it now. Because I don't have to be anxious over something little. Because I can have the peace of God that passes what? Come on, we're going to end with this. You're trying to figure out how you can be at peace with something that makes you crazy every day, and God's trying to give you peace that will pass your understanding. You're like, though, Lord, this doesn't seem logical. I'll never get over this. And he said, I didn't come to you with logic. I came to you with the peace of God. I'm offering you something that's better than logic. I'm offering you something that if you'll focus on the things, the gifts that I've given you through your spouse and through your friendships and through your relationships, if you'll focus on those gifts, then I'll give you peace that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So the thing that could have driven you nuts for five years, you can all of a sudden wake up and not care about it anymore. Amen? Somebody say, you should bottle that and put it on, you know, Craigslist. He's saying that I'll give you peace that passes understanding. That, that I'll, you can wake up and not be affected by the same things you were affected by yesterday. 
This is unbelievable. This should be earth shattering. There's been things in our relationship that I wake up one morning so irritated by it. And then a week later after going, God, you know what? I'm thankful. I'm thankful. We've been apart and I realize, I realize how much a gift she is and how amazing she is, all these things. And then I, and then I realize I'm not even irritated by that anymore. How'd that happen? Men, all the men look at me. This was not through rational thought. It wasn't. Because I want to know the four steps on how to appreciate my wife more and the four steps of how certain things now don't drive me crazy. There is no four steps. There's no rational thought process to it. It's I'm going to pray and thank God for her. If you want the steps, I guess those are it. I'm going to shift my focus. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, th- I'm going to present my request. By the way, let me back up one second. I don't pray things like, Lord, fix that in her. And I'm pretty confident my wife doesn't pray that way about me. What I pray about is, Lord, let her heart be closer to yours. Lord, prosper her. I'm going to tell you something, men. That's the best prayer you can pray over your wife ever. Lord, prosper her because if she wins, you automatically win. (laughs) Give her peace, Lord. Give, give her victories in her struggles. Give her, pr- prosper her more than me. Let her stand out in front of me. Let, 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 let people be proud of her and let me stand in the background and just, just put my chest. That's my wife. <laughs> I know you wish she was your wife, but that's my wife, right? That's what they were saying in the song of Solomon. No wonder all the young women love you. So when I bring my request to God, I'm saying, Lord, even in my, even in my request, I'm thankful. Lord, make her better. Make her, let people love her more. Let her have more influence. Let her have more than she ever dreamed of. God, prosper her. Make her, make, make her dreams come true. Lord, let me make her dreams come true. I know one of them already has. But let me make the rest of them, right? And then what you see is that your prayers actually will begin to develop into thanksgiving for what God has given you. So don't go to God and be like, God, fix her. God, fix him. God, change us about that. No, God, I'm thankful. Lord, I want you to prosper them. I want you to bless them through me. Lord, I want, I want to be the blessing in her life that she keeps coming back to. Amen. And then guess what happens? No rhyme or reason. There's no, the peace that passes all understanding. There's no, there's no, there's no logical road to it. The thing that irritated me so much last week, God can transform that. And I can wake up tomorrow and it not bother me. Because the peace that has passed all understanding has guarded, has guarded my heart and mind. And I can say, Lord, you have removed the anxiousness of this situation from me. And I don't even know how you did it, but I am appreciative of it. And I, you've shown me that my spouse is so much more than what, just I was, what I was just looking at. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. Amen. Come on, stand up. A guarded mind brings anxiety ever can. 
Your spouse needs to change. I agree with you. We all do, right? There's nobody, I don't care if you've been here 50 years, there's things you could do better. There's, there's sanctification that can take place in your life and God can transform your life. But let me read you something Paul said, and this is what gives me, this is what gives me hope and joy and, and that I can have a great marriage from here on. Listen to what Paul says. Paul says, I thank God every time I remember you. <laughs> you should try that. That's a good step too. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because your partnership in the gospel from the, from the first day until now, being confident of this. All right, listen. Being confident of this. He said, I thank God for all of you and I'm confident of this. And I want you to apply this to your relationships. That thing you're praying for, that thing you're trusting God, Lord, I need you to change it. Listen to this. He says, that the one who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. You know what I'm confident of? That God wants to make my wife better than I do. That God wants to transfer life, transform her life to be more like Christ, worse than I want it. And so, so I can wake up in the morning and be confident of this, Lord, the good work you started in her, you're faithful to complete. And you know what else? Oftentimes he doesn't need me to point it out. I can just say, Lord, thank you that you're faithful to complete the work in her life and in mine. And I've got peace about that now. I've got peace about it. You are faithful to complete the work. Is your husband there yet, ladies? I can tell you he's not. Is your wife there yet? I can tell you she's not. But what Paul's saying is, is that the work he started in her, the work he started in him, that he's faithful to complete. And here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to wake up every morning and say, Lord, I'm bringing my request to you. I refuse to focus on those things that have been making me crazy. I'm going to focus on the good things. And I'm going to thank God for you. And then let that peace that passes all understanding come into your life and change your relationship. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning. God, we thank you, first of all, for great examples of marriage. Lord, we have them around us. Lord, here at this church, people have been married 50 years, 60 years. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you, God, that you can increase our relationship more and more and more. We thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to complete the work you started in us. We thank you, God, for our friends, for our spouses, Lord, for the relationships that you've given us, God. And we commit to you today that we will take it off of autofocus. And we'll we'll begin to see the work you're doing in people, the good things, the blessings they are to us. And Lord, we will watch you change them. We will watch you do the work in their lives. We will watch you do the miracle of bringing peace into our relationships. We thank you for it, Lord. Come on, we thank you for it, God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Come on, could you give him honor and praise this morning? He deserves it.